You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the regular host and tonight I'm joined by John who's a regular and a previous regular, Greg. Backed by popular demand. Well, actually, no demand at all. I, I think you asked to come on. I think I did. <laughs> I think I did, John. Uh, I was, I've been waiting for my invitation for ages, and I thought, God, I'm just going to have to ask to come back on here, man. It's not happening. <laughs> you've, you've seen how well we're doing with the charity, bet you. So you thought, I'll latch on to that. I'll tell I'll you take, what. I'll take some glory. I'll tell you what, I'll not be long in stopping that run just shortly. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't would go that far, because the last time you were on the charity, the charity bet got a double. Didn't want to mention that, Chris, but yeah. Well, if it's a record you've got this season, <laughs> this will blow your trumpet for you. Uh, but uh, you've, you've timed that nicely, though, because uh, that's where we'll start. We'll start with the good news of the charity bet of the weekend, because it's another double. Rory McAllister was the first goal scorer, uh, and we had the, the, the treble come in of Falkirk, who did go behind at one point. Uh, Elgin City won, and uh, Berwick, who looked as if it was going to be 0-0 for ages, got that only goal of the game, so... That was the uh, two charity bet wins in the one weekend for, I think, the third time this season. Uh, the first time it's happened when I've not been on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and probably most importantly, that's taken us over the £500 mark. Yeah, that's brilliant. Which it's is, got to be a new record, hasn't it? Uh, oh, I lost a record a few weeks ago, so, so it's hitting over the £500 mark. And it's super. still when it's uh, the end of February now, so we've got another what, three months to go. So hopefully we can get even more in the pot before the end of the season. So that's the good news of the charity bit. Uh, we may as well go and uh, talk about the, the war leagues very quickly, because I'm sure Greg is going to be delighted to talk about the likes of Arbroath. It's a, it's a set of fixtures that I might be having to become more familiar with just shortly, so I'm happy to hear any information you've got about <laughs> the war leagues. <laughs> well, yeah, well, your favourite team, Arbroath, they get beat 1-0 off Clyde. Super. <laughs> Aye, good result for Clyde. Uh, they play East Stirling tomorrow and could go to 42 points for Kings Park. So it's tight at the top still. Uh, this division is just not sorting itself out at all. I mean, that was Elgin went back above East Fife at the weekend there because East Fife uh, well, lost 3 0 to Queen's Park. So that was a bit Aye. thumping. Obviously, as I said, Elgin were in the charity bet with a 2 0 win. Uh, Berwick beat Montrose, so they uh, moved away for East Stirling a wee bit. Well, was it Eastern? Ah, it was Eastern on the West Elgin, so. Ah, they're, they're still rooted at the bottom, aren't they? Five adrift now. Yep. Give a hand over Berwick right enough, but I'm not going to make up five points for one game. So, ah, it, it's League 2 is about as exciting as usual. <laughs> Everybody's got something to play for. Um, unlike some of the higher divisions, unfortunately, because um, I think the, the, the both the Championship and League 1 are probably Championship done. Uh, they're on eight points clear of Peterhead a game in hand Peterhead did win uh, they're trying their best to keep pace but a thumping 6-1-1 for Dunfermline against Dunfermline aren't really looking like they're going to slip up are they? No good week for four for but two wins Aye, aye that was uh, two wins in the, the bounce we were uh, midweek 4-1-1 over Cowden Beast was followed up by a 1-0-1 over Hope Melbourne Rovers so and they're still scabbing. sitting ninth but uh, they are only three behind Cowden Beast now so Yes, and they play Breakin. I think it's tomorrow night. So, big game yep. for Forfar uh, and Breakin. Breakin can go close the gap to four points. 
Yeah, oh, I mean, Cowdenbeath are... Or it could be a 10-point difference after. Cowdenbeath are away to air, so that could be a big a big uh, night for um, that, the, the bottom of that division. Yeah. I think Breaker are probably gone, though. They're uh, seven behind four for as it is. Yep. Ten games uh, to go. Good result for Stenhouse Muir. In the race for fourth, they beat Albion Novas as well. I think that was... Yeah. Stenhouse Muir beat Albion Novas at the weekend as well. They didn't. They lost to Cowdenbeath. Oh, it must have been last midweek then. <laughs> was it? Oh, no. No, they played tomorrow night, actually. Yeah, I was just looking at Albion Novas. I have Stenhouse Muir, but they can go above Albion Novas. It's good, um, it's good to see them Fairland. Top of that league, I think. Uh, I think they've taken their dumps. The Fairland, it's about time they were back up, at least in the championship, if not above. We bit disa- a wee bit disappointed there. Could they have made more a fist at this season as well? I fancy there maybe, maybe push on a wee bit. But if you look at it, just looking at the form of the top two teams over the last ten games, it's I think the, the Fairland are one draw, one loss, and ten. Peter Red one draw and ten. So it's it's good form for both of them. Aye. Nah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, oh, it's exciting to a point because mm. it doesn't look like Peter Head are going to be able to catch them fairly because they're just yeah, not dropping the points. Uh, and they're, they're probably, well, they're, they're five ahead of Air, but Air have got a couple of games in hand. So, I mean, if Air can beat Gowden Beast tomorrow night, they'll close that gap a bit, which maybe have a wee bit of excitement for second place. But I think, the, I think they're playing for second, unfortunately. What's the, deal, so, what's the deal with the playoffs in those leagues? Is it the same as the Championship Premiership playoffs? No, the, in the lower, in the League 1 or League 2 playoffs, I think it's actually a Championship or League 1, they call them. But um, it's, I think, second place, third, and then ninth in the division above plays fourth. All right. So, I don't. I think Peter Head and Air are going to be playing regardless of what way around to finish. Right. Um, but I suppose it'll be a wee bit of a confidence booster if you if you can be the team that finishes. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And the, the form that Peter Head are in, you, you would expect that they'd maybe be the team to advance to the final or that. You never know. Two games, anything could happen. It's quite ironic though, because you're, you're saying they're to play like fourth place Albion Rovers, who are maybe 35 points at the moment, a good 16 off Peterhead. But then the way the playoffs go, there's nothing to say Albion couldn't get themselves to the final and then maybe get up. Aye, aye, there's always that possibility. Although I know last season it was a, a clean sweep for the, the team that was in the, the division above. Yeah. Which is, well, I say it's a bit of disappointment, not from your perspective. No, absolutely not. It's <laughs> a great rule. <laughs> Um, and League One, as I said, uh, seems to be uh, even more done and dusted with um, Hibernian's double loss over the week. Aye, they have it. Uh, aye, they, 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 did, they did indeed. It's, it's no hibsing it for uh, any bad reason. <laughs> it's just Morton gubbed them 3 0 midweek and then they, they were 3 0 down to Dumbarton at one point as well before losing it 3 2 in the end. Um, that coupled with the fact that the Rangers got a, a late winner against St. Martin at home. They're now 11 points clear, 10 games to go. I mean, you're looking at, at Hibs, they need to win all, all of those 10 remaining games and hope Rangers losing four of them. It's, it's not really likely, uh, is it? It's not happening. Not happening. I think the big question now is whether Falkirk can catch Hibs, because they're only yeah. two behind them. Breathing right down their necks, aren't they? And I mean, and, and, and this division, it makes a big difference, because second place means you get a, a, couple, a week off before you need to play the, in the playoffs, because third place fourth before you meet second. Yep. So that, that that's definitely something to watch out for in that division. Um St Mirren, I think, maybe still in with a reasonable shout, maybe hitting fourth, but I think they're, they're asking a lot to make that up now. Um, uh, I don't think they were, they, were, they were never expected to take in Vibrox as it was, but 
And I've, I mean, the highlights in sports scene last night didn't look like they were, they were given anything uh, of, a, of a battle in that game. So you'd be surprised if it comes to that. I think the big result in, the, in that division actually was the Raith Rovers 3, Morton 2. Because given that Morton had just won and, and through the midweek, and Morton won the team was trying to chase down that fourth spot, to lose it to the team that's currently in fourth was a big blow for them. Big result for Dunbarn as well, obviously beating Hibs, not just good result against Hibs, but the fact they've stretched away to the, the bottom of the table. Yeah, I five mean... Five points ahead of Livingston, because Livingston obviously won as well. Well, obviously, uh, maybe it Alloa, so <laughs> it was, it's, it's done Dunbarton a, a, a huge boost to get away from the, the possibility of, of automatic relegation. They're starting to shout to get ended up in the playoffs, because they're now they're 12 ahead of Alloa, so that's looking... Almost done and dusted, um, but I mean, obviously they'll still fancy their chances of doing what they did last season and getting out of that hole. Aye, Dumbarton play Alloa tomorrow night as well, so Dumbarton could stretch away further from Alloa. Yeah, and that's their game in hand over Livingston actually, so so that could be an interesting one as well. Oh, actually, it's no game in hand because it's a full card. Tomorrow, yeah. aye. Um, and then Livingston and Dumbarton actually play at the weekend, so Dumbarton a couple of good results there, and aye, Dumbarton are maybe even looking. <laughs> you never even know; they could even be looking. <laughs> Like a fourth. <laughs> it's just funny that they're trying to avoid one playoff and try to get in another because they're not they're not that far away. But that man, the, I suppose the good news if you're a Dumbarton fan is you're closer to the Rovers than you are to Elwa. So this is there's a good wee chance there for them. But aye, it's, it's looking pretty much done at the top. So I think Hibs have blown it. That's last week. Falkirk could go above Hibs as well this week. This week because obviously Hibs don't play in like in the weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I, it depends how uh, things go in Madrid, obviously. Hibs have got a tricky tie away to Queen of, uh, Queen of South as well, whereas uh, Falkirk are away to St Murn. So it kind of depends what St Murn turn up that way. I think it's a big it's a big confidence thing as well with Hibs just now too. I think the fact that they've slipped up in these last two games. Because if, if you're going to finish the season in second place, you want to be finishing it with a wee bit ahead of steam, you want to be finishing it well. But I think if they... If they continue this form and start to the end of the season, there might be one or two clubs in the in the Premier League who were previously looking at second place as being more or less automatic relegation, given the given the form of Rangers and Hibs up to now, might suddenly be looking at that and thinking, hmm, maybe no, maybe Hibs aren't just as just as formidable as they were well, two or three months ago. No, I think they're spot on because um, I think we've seen that in the last couple of seasons actually, because two seasons ago we had Hamilton come up. Uh, I think their last regular game they scored ten, right? That season, and then they came at that. So they had the playoffs running, went into it, and obviously they they took out Hibs uh, right at the end of the end of the season. There. Whereas Rangers, but disappointed they didn't uh, win the division. Hearts did. Uh, they were there was obviously the turmoil with the managers and and stuff like that. And so they went into the playoffs a wee bit cagey. I mean, they, they obviously got to the final, but then when they met them all the ball, it's just they were just blown away. So uh, we should probably turn to the Premiership now and <laughs> moving on from Motherwell is probably a, a, a good example because <laughs> you, d- you did suggest you wanted to come on this podcast and talk about the allegation, but you, se- you guys seem to be heading for top six now. I know, it's just, it's um, every Monday morning I go into, I go into work and there's, a, there's another guy who works here as a Motherwell fan and it's either doom and gloom on the Monday or it's either looking up the top of the table and we're looking towards a a top six spot and all the rest. It's just it's just been the story in the last two three months. To be honest, it's um, you know every time we get a positive result, it just seems to be followed up by by a defeat the week later. So 
Uh, I mean, it's ugh, if you listen to any of McGee's interviews, he's touching on it as well, man. It's just it's going to be a case of stringing some results together. And at the moment, there aren't many sides in the Premier League. The bottom half of the Premier League look like they're doing that. Ironically, the one that looks as though they might be doing that just now is Dundee United. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, everything two wins together final. Aye, everything had them dead and buried. But I mean, there you go. Sometimes when the pressure's off a wee bit, you've got nothing to lose, and you. And you turn out and stick some performances in, but no, we need to, um, we need to go on a run, and uh, it's just it's difficult to see, it's difficult to see which teams round about us we're going to beat to go on that run. So, I think it's going to be incredibly close again this season. I think the problem from your perspective is just everybody from fourth to eleventh are capable yeah. of taking points off each other, and if Dundee United are now adding themselves into that mix, that's most yes. of the league. Yes, no, I mean it's 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 very much been the been the pattern of the season. I think as well, if you look at like um if you look at the result on Friday night, Hamilton getting a point against Celtic, I mean seasons gone by, that was probably a pretty unlikely point. I mean we're the same, we took three points against Celtic at Parkhead. There's points come off Aberdeen, there's a, the points come off of Hearts as well. So there's a three sides in the league who you're expecting to put in pretty consistent results have maybe not been doing that this season. So it means that there's loads of clubs that are picking up points here and there, whereas before you would be writing them off, and I think that's just that's just added to this a maelstrom of five or six clubs that are now, um, you know, it's, it's it's a fine line between whether it's top six or, or bottom two. To be honest, <laughs> and you, you missed the midweek fixtures as well, my mother. Will. Yes, yes. So another, another team could another team could be above you by the time you play Hamilton. Oh, definitely. Aye, it's, it's, I mean, we're sitting, in, we're sitting in eighth spot at the moment, but I mean, if you look at the, the teams round about, it's certainly Patrick Thistle with their games in hand. Although, I think, I'm right in saying Patrick Thistle are playing, is it Aberdeen? It's one of their games in hand. Aye, and it's Tuesday, aye, and then they've got Celtic. Celtic and Hearts. So, if you look at those three fixtures, it's not inconceivable that they would pick up zero points, and by the same token, it's not inconceivable they'd pick up nine. They've got so. the top four. <laughs> They've got the top four, and that's four games. Aye, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. if, you know, it's just it's, it's just such a tight, um, a tight league to call. I think it'll be really interesting. Come, I mean, the split usually is. I mean, the last couple of seasons, the split has been, has been pretty good. This season, it's going to be a bloodbath trying to get to that sixth spot. Because if you manage to get a sneak into that top six, I think whoever finishes up there will be breathing a big sigh of relief. Because everybody below that, I think, could be it could be just a massive bun fight. Scott McDonald uh, mentioned that. I think, I think Scott McDonald right? said, "Aye, if uh, we could, uh, if you basically we need to finish in the top six to be safe." Because mm-hmm. he was one. one Aye, that, I mean, that's a ridiculous thing. Like, this season is going to come a complete mockery of the split because. There's absolutely nothing between St. Johnston and Kilmarnock, really. I mean, like Motherwell's sitting slap bang in the middle of both of them. They're four points behind St. Johnston, four points ahead of Kilmarnock. Okay, they've played uh, the same number of games as Kilmarnock, again, more, uh, more than St. Johnston. But there's just this arbitrary point in time now that's going to come at 33 games where three of the teams that could still be in the, the hunt for the, the, the playoff, or the, trying to avoid the playoff spot, I should say are now just wiped out of it because they, didn't happen. they happened to be in the top six that week. Yes, yes, I, I mean, that's just the, the prize is just to get above that dotted line in the league table because then you know you're definitely not going to be involved. And if you, if you drop below that line, pff, if Dundee United continue doing what they're doing, 
I, could, I mean, it could be an incredible finish to the season. It's, I've just got visions of this last day of the season and you know, watching phones for results and all this other sort of stuff coming in as well. So, I mean, for a neutral's point of view, in theory, it's going to be really good. But given that I'm going to be involved in it yet again, I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure I can stand the uh, the turmoil involved in it. To be honest, but Motherwell well, have been involved in a last day situation, don't they? I will. Headliners. Yeah. Aye. Headliners. I was talking about the Aberdeen game as well, but as well as the, obviously the game years ago, it's got me but uh, I was it two seasons ago. Uh, Aberdeen was, was two, two seasons ago. ago. Yep, and then of course it was the playoffs last season. Change, change days. <clears throat> but I mean, going back to the whole relegation thing, I, I, I'm actually not as downbeat about it this year as I was last year. I would have hated to be relegated. Uh, by Rangers last year in a playoff. If we go down this year, I don't really, I don't think we can have too many complaints to be honest because I don't think we're particularly good. And I know there's other teams in the league who are in and around us at a level of football, but I mean, some of the games I've seen up there this season, performances especially, have just not been good enough. So if we were to be one of the teams that end up going down, I don't think you could really argue if your place was taken by, by Rangers or Hibs or Falkirk. Because I think there's there's other sides in the lower leagues playing better football than we are. So if you were being really brutal about it, you could probably take the five teams that are sitting at the bottom of that league just now and, and shuffle the lot of them down to the championship because they really are that poor. I think the thing you've got going for you though is in an attacking sense, maybe you've got a bit more than some of our teams. Hamilton though, I think Hamilton, well, they're boosted obviously by Friday's result, but I thought Hamilton were a team that were in free fall. Mm. Um, and they were going to be the favourites for the 11th place, but... I think Motherwell will be alright. I think you've got enough, just enough about you, um, up up top. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that. Unfortunately, that's been the mantra all season. Everybody says, I think that score is probably good enough. It's probably too good to get down or the rest of it. But I mean, trust me, I've seen some of the performances. It's just it's on a knife edge. I mean, the three-one victory on Saturday, great, great victory for us, but. It, it just it relies on us getting the goals at the right time. It, it just does. And if we get a couple of goals, we get the tails up and we look all right. The second we concede a goal, well, it looks as though the, the world's going to cave in around us. And that, I mean, the, the support aren't helping either because they're getting extremely nervous every time we concede a goal. That's transmitting on the park. And you could tell even Saturday there when it went to 3 1. I mean, there was still 10 minutes to go, but I mean, there was, you know, anything to get the ball away for the. Away for the um, the sort of home goal, and given that the late goals we've conceded in the last couple of weeks, it was just panic stations around. So, an improved performance, but I think we've still got a long, long way to go before we actually put together like a, a proper sustainable squad. So, I don't know. I'm not sure what the future holds for us, but I don't think we can keep um, scraping survival season after season and then not doing it in the broad long term. So, I'll be interesting. I think he should have come back. <clears throat> I think uh, I can understand why they appointed him. There was a sort of... I think you could split people into three camps when they come back. A sort of three-way split. There was a lot of people like me who maybe weren't overly excited by it, but could understand the appointment. And uh, I mean, a lot of people said it's probably the right guy at the right time. There was another third of the support who were quite excited by it because, to be honest, the last time he was here, there was a, a six, seven month spell where we were playing probably some of the best football I've ever seen up at Fair Park. And then there's another third of the support who just detest the guy. Uh, don't want him anywhere near the club and are pretty vocal in their 
um, and they're and they're, you know they're sort of when things start going wrong, these are the guys that have I've got the loudest voices. I mean, the, the cup tie a couple of weeks ago when we were playing Inverness, even though it was only one each at the time, I've never heard a mother crowd in years. Barrack a manager like he got Barrack that day. Even the Barracliffs, you know, tenure when we were pretty poor, and there was nowhere near the level of abuse being directed at the manager. So it worries me a wee bit. I think he's on a hiding to nothing. I don't think he's a long-term appointment. I think he was brought in purely to keep us in the league. Now, if he does that, you know, hats off to him. He's, he's, he's done what he's been brought in to do. But if we start to slip down that table again, I don't think there'll be. I don't think it'll take much for the for the tide to turn against. To be honest. I just wondering, like um, you were saying about the, the John mentioned the players themselves, um, mm. as if they do seem as if there's a good squad there, but um, it's maybe the manager itself that's the problem. I mean, it's hard to tell because you've changed the manager already this season. It's a case of yeah. the players are there; they're definitely they're good enough on their day. And, and things are clicking, but what, I, what you're saying, it's it's not really working at times. And if you don't get the goals, then it's more of a mental issue. It's, yeah. It actually sounds very similar to some of the problems I've seen at Celtic because if we go behind, we're pretty much beat. If, if, but even on 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 Friday night there, when we were one 0 up, uh, the defence wasn't great most of the time. Obviously lost Boyata. Uh, even after that, we still had chances to make it what, two and three nil, and never took them. And then obviously uh, there was the equaliser. But it's, it, it, it's it, what you're saying sounds very similar to what me and other Celtic fans saying about us. And it's is it the manager or is it the players just aren't playing for them or is it a combination of both? It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, I'm very much uh, one of these people. I mean, at the end of the day, the manager carries the can for the for the performances on the pitch. Barakov carried the can to get to get his jaws. It's very rarely you see a player getting the heave hole, but there has been a suggestion up there for the last couple of seasons there are one or two senior players up there who are not a particularly good influence in the dressing room. Um, I know certainly during Barraclough's tenure, that was, I'd, I'd heard that more than once, that there are certain players up there who decided they just didn't fancy playing for a guy. And it was a case of almost kind of down in tools and, and, and jacket, and they were also pretty vocal in the dressing room. The suggestion is it's more senior players that are doing this now. It's the same senior players that are still there at the moment. And it's the same senior players who are part of the team who have been turning in some turgid performances for the last couple of seasons. And I think I think if you look back to the season we finished second and the one before that, we did really, really well. But I'm sure if you go back through the podcast, you'll hear me say that so many of those games, those seasons, we were winning 2-1 or we were coming back to draw to each. We were just scraping results um, here, there and everywhere. There was one or two really good performances as well, but the games that were on a knife edge, we were either drawn or we were happy to win, which elevated us to a sort of higher position than really the level of football we were playing deserved. And you only need to look at the Cup. Um, the Cup performances over the last umpteen seasons, big games, big one-off games, we can't win them. There's just there's a, there's a complete lack of confidence and drive and leadership when it comes to these games. And for me, I mean, I think the manager you know carries the can, but at some point, I think you also have to look at the players that have been there. And this season, it's more or less the same squad of players that were there last season. It's the same squad of players that almost took us down last season that are here again this year. And then, funnily enough, we roll the clock forward and we're sitting in a similar boat to where we were last year as well. So at some point. I think attention is to turn to the guys that just frankly aren't they doing enough week in, week out, and there's 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 half a dozen of them in that squad's good point of finger up. 
seeing that, uh, Greg, do you think maybe, this might sound a wee bit unusual, but do you think maybe there's a bit too much experience in Motherwell in terms of the playing staff? I mean, you've got about five players over the age of 30 and not a fair bit into their 30s. That that's actually, maybe you need a bit of, kind of a younger team, build a new team. I think it's I think it's been detrimental in some um, in some ways because I think there's a reliance in these players because they've done reasonably well in seasons gone by. There, there tends to be this um, this a fall back position where you say, "No, you'll we'll, we'll keep playing these guys because you know we've got Stevie Hamill who's almost 500 appearances, bags experience. We've got Stephen McManus, Champions League experience, international experience." And I can see the argument for that, but I think as I was, I was, so I mentioned a wee while ago, it seems to be stymieing the progress of other players in the club. We've got decent players in the under twenties who are who are failing to get a chance now. I could I could accept that if the squad we were putting in the park were absolutely flying and we were sitting in the top six and you know we'd, we'd putting cup runs together and you know there's there's an argument to say well it's difficult to unseat these guys, but unfortunately it's the same guys that were there last season when we struggled. And I think, for me, Stevie Hamill, he's, he's probably hands down my uh, favourite Motherwell player ever. I don't think there's anybody that comes near him in terms of you know level of performance, number of games, consistency. He's never, ever let the club down. But the bottom line is he's run his race. I think, I think he's done. And although he brings that experience to the park, the legs are starting to go a wee bit. And I think in the position that he plays, you can't really get away with that. If you look at somebody like, if you look at bringing back James McFadden, again, a guy whose legs have gone. He's still got it up top, but his legs are away. So he maybe gets 20 minutes at the end of a game, sitting in the middle of the park, doesn't he, to track back. But to ask Stevie Hamill to play in 90 minutes in that left-back position, it's, it's asking too much. It's even worse, he's got a Maris inside him, who's not exactly quick either. McManus, McManus, for me, has been one of the biggest disappointments um, up there the last couple of seasons he's a guy who you would expect to be marshalling that defence <clears throat> and he's got two or three younger guys playing alongside him as well but he'll either be outstanding like outstanding games where he's, he's, he's just bossing everything winning everything or he'll have three or four games where he's awful and if, I mean I'd, I'd love to see the stats but if you looked at the goals we've lost if you set pieces over the last two or three seasons it would probably it'd probably make your hair fall out and I, th- I think it's just come a point where a lot of these guys, that regardless what happens this season, it's, it's time to draw a line under it and say, do you know what? Guys like Stevie Hamill, Lasley, Pearson, they've done a job, but it's, it's time to move on. The one guy who bucks a trend at the moment and is worth mentioning is Scott McDonald. He's in this terrible run over the last couple of months. He has been one of the few that gets past marks. Because even though, I mean, Chris, you know himself for his time at playing Celtic, he can, he can come across as being a bit of a narky, moany, <laughs> face wee guy. He's always having a moan and a hump, and he's slugging his shoulders. But he's been, um, his work rate and he's, 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 what he's put in the last couple of months has been outstanding. Saturday was, was testament to that. That's, that's why he's in there and, and in the team. But I don't know. I mean, come the end of the season, there'll be a decision he made about some of these guys but just one final point the one positive this season the one thing regardless what happens I can I can I've seen this to my pal on Saturday has been uh, guys like Chris Cadden coming and getting a chance in the first team and stepping up and really grabbing the chance with both hands and he looks he looks every inch a first team player he's one of these guys that when he gets on the ball he looks like he's going to make something happen and I mean that's that's a guy that's come for the under 20s so I think a lot of supporters are now saying look we can't keep doing this 
bringing guys back to the club that are 34 years old because it's just not sustainable anymore. We need to go and have a look at what we've got in the youth ranks. And if we're serious about it, start playing them and then and, and accept the consequences of playing that, be that be that winning or losing. Just need to go and give them a chance to go and do it. So fingers crossed that's what will, that's what will transpire at the end of the season. Might be Lewis, the championship, but that's what might transpire. Lewis Malt's got to be a positive though, I would think, in terms of goals anyway. Lewis Malt's been brilliant. Um, another guy that I just, I just love his attitude. He's that type of player that um, he's not the tallest, but he, he goes and gets stuck in. You could never fault his um, his work rate or his effort, and he's 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 also got a pretty good goal scoring record as well. I think he's something like 15, 15 or sixteen for the season just now. So he's on track to make twenty. So I, he's he's been a really good um, a really good uh, buy for us. And if we could get him a bit more service, he could be a a twenty five thirty goal a season man. So yeah, he's done well. I know we've just sat here and talked about the experience versus youth, but um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to go uh, through all that without mentioning the penalty that you got. Because even Sports Scene pointed out that was a bit of um, experience against yes. cause it was, uh, young Nesbitt on loan from Aye. Celtic. Aye. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that penalty was given for, because I've seen a couple of replays of it. And... You know, at the time, I'm at the other end of the park, so it was, it was, I mean, it's impossible for me to tell. Uh, at the time, and again, the TV—it's a bit inconclusive. But I think if you look at the, if you look at the young guy's reaction, he immediately just walks off and kicks the, the advertising horn. He knows whatever he's done, and it's probably been minimal. He's probably yeah. brushed the back of Leslie's, uh, Leslie's heel, and it's ah. enough just to get that tripping away. I mean, it's, it's, it's soft. I love to be clever, isn't he? Across the path, I think. He's going nowhere, man. He's going nowhere. But I think if you look at his reaction, I looked at that and I thought, ah, he knows he's. He knows he's clipped them. <laughs> there was a there was a few uh, daft ones in, uh, at the weekend, mind you. They're probably Aberdeen, Aberdeen and Celtic anyway. With the sendings off, not uh, Celtic anyway. You've appealed that. Aye, well, well, suppose we may go back. We may as well go back to Friday night then. And, uh, since we're going to start slagging off referees, that seems as good a place as any. What well, we going through them in chronological order because the first really stupid thing has to be Dougie Emery's challenge on Griffiths. Oh yeah, that was aye. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He, he just steamed in, didn't he? Aye. I, I, I think Griffiths is quite clever and he gets his body in the way to make sure he gets taken out. But it's it's for someone like Doogie Emery to fall for that is just ridiculous. <laughs> and um, it's, it was a well taken penalty. I can't dispute that. But I think it was interesting to note what way uh, McGovern went. Because he went the same way again later on, and obviously saved for Griffiths. And what was another stupid penalty? That's a few bad penalties at weekend. If everyone was stupid, this was even more moronic because Gordon had just been told by Craig Thompson that he was yeah, being watched. holding them at that point. Let go, but no, he keeps he keeps holding them. And as soon as Lustig goes down, he's given the penalty. It's just, he was penalised though. There's not enough of that. Aye, I know. I think that, I think that's maybe his argument. If he, like, he even said that in the, the post match that if if that's getting given, it's going to be given like five or six times in a game. Well, no, because after the first time it gets given, you stop doing it unless you're that stupid. Obviously, I suppose if he's been told not to do it and then he's done it anyway. So, but uh, it was a, I mean it was a good save from McGovern. He, he he went the same way as he went for the first penalty. Griffiths hit it that way, thinking he'd maybe change his mind. 
Uh, it was a good height for him, but um, I mean, it wasn't the only time that McGovern managed to thwart uh, the likes of Celtic because before uh, that he had a, a decent save for Griffiths. He had a one on one with Gary McKay Stephen as well yeah. uh, when he should have scored. So, I mean, this is what I was saying earlier about like, for, for all the all the things that went against Celtic, we still had some really good chances to win that game. And having played more than half of it with ten men, it was. Uh, it was disappointing to to only get a, a draw in that game. I, I'm I'm fair play to Hamilton. They they, they took they, they never really had as many chances you'd expect when they had ten men. I think they they, they probably had just as much uh, luck against us when we had eleven men. And but yeah, I was playing in the the, mm. the centre. I say, but uh, there was a massive gap between him and uh, uh, I forgot what his name was. His <laughs> his defensive teammate. Spietchenko. Spietchenko. Hi, that's the one. Mind blank but uh, I've been even sports scene highlighted the massive gap between the two uh, until obviously the sending off and, and, and Mulgrew came on to, to fill the gap and we didn't seem quite as bad after Mulgrew came on so I don't know if that's a wee a wee thing that uh, I was going to have to look out for but I mean we may as well talk about the, the, the sending off because it was a key point in the game um, firstly it was offside yep <laughs> so yep. so uh, Boyata's done that but right Having then had to track back and cover for the, the decision which wasn't given for the offside, he's put in, he's lunged into a challenge. And I know Dyla said immediately after the game he wants him to stay on his feet. Obviously, Dyla's now changed his mind because he now believes that uh, Boyata got the ball. I mean, did, did you really see the game on Friday night? I've seen, I've seen the highlights, I've seen the, the incidents. Aye, the, 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 probably one of the most entertaining aspects was the the argument at the end of the game between Chris Sutton, Scott McDonald and uh, Stephen Cregan over whether it should have been a penalty or, not, or whether it should have been a red card or whether it was even a foul. And Stephen Cregan was quoting some rule book that I don't think anybody's ever heard. Um, it was... T- to me, what i seen was Boyata got a touch on the ball. It wasn't enough of a touch of the ball to knock it away, but I think it was enough of a touch of a ball that it changed what the attacker was trying to do with it, and the attacker's the one that knocks the ball forward. So he's then kind of knocked it in towards, it was uh, Logan Bailey or Baye or however you pronounce his name, that was in goal for us on on Friday night. But I'm not entirely convinced it was a goal-scoring opportunity for that reason, because I think Boyata gets enough of a touch in the ball that he's put the guy off, and that's knocked it forward. So if anything, it's a good challenge for that reason, and it shouldn't even be a foul. So... Um, it's a risk you take, isn't it? Aye, it's the same as Ryan Jack, the Aberdeen. Well, yeah, I mean, I've moved into that one because they're quite similar decisions. It's in, uh, in the case of Jack, he like, I mean, sports team focused on the build up to it more than the actual challenge. But to me, Jack gets a touch on the ball, which knocks yes. it out for a corner. But he does so in such a way that the ball seems to travel in exactly the same direction it was travelling in the first place. That coupled with the fact that Liam Craig then jumps over the leg and goes down. Yes. Um, I, can see why, I can see why the referees have given the decisions have given in both games, but both Aye. are wrong. The question for me with Craig Gordon, uh, sorry, Craig Thompson, is why he doesn't consult his linesman. Yeah, he must have a great view of that. He must have been, what, yeah. six like, yards away for that. He's in line with it. He's, he's, he's keeping up with the play well. There's nothing on that line's been done. But as soon as Craig Thompson's seen the decision, he blew the whistle and put the red card out. No consultation with the linesman whatsoever. But, and the thing that really annoys me about that is a few minutes later, there was an incident which never turned up in the, the highlights of sports scene. And even BT Sport, when they showed it live, glossed over it. 
there's a ball comes through to Michael McGovern. He hears to run out of his box to retrieve it. And then he kind of tra- backtracks and grabs it before Griffiths can get it. But I don't think he's made it back into the box in time. And again, the linesman's got a perfect view of this and can see, he's, he's standing pretty much in the 18-yard line and can see that McGovern's grabbed it before it's got into the box. Now, for me, that's a goal-scoring opportunity because Griffiths is breathing down his neck and that's why he's grabbed it so early. McGovern's got to go for that. Yes. Re- I mean, you can't blame the referee for not seeing it because he's never got an angle. For- but again, never ask his linesman. And I think, I, I know there's referees in Scotland that are like that. They, don't, they, they want to do everything themselves. They don't treat them like assistant referees. You treat them like linesmen. And you're just there to flag if it goes out for a throw yep. in a corner yep. or offside, obviously. I think Craig Thompson, unfortunately, is one of those referees. So, To me, the, the, the worst thing that Craig Thompson done in this game was actually late on when uh, McKinnon put in the leg breaker in Tierney. That was a straight red for me. I think I, I, there was absolutely no doubt that he should have walked through that and he only booked him for it. And then about two minutes later, McKinnon put in another challenge that should have been booked. I, I think it was in Johansson that day. So how uh, how Hamilton finished that game with 11 men, especially with McKinnon, the way he was running about putting folk is, just, is beyond me. And I think that was probably the worst decision that uh, Thompson got. I can give him the benefit of the doubt with the, the boy at a one. He got both penalties right. I can give him the benefit of the doubt with the one on the, when McGovern grabs the ball as well, but the McKinnon ones were just... If he doesn't send them off for the first one, he should definitely send them off for the second one. And the first one's the worst tackle. Yeah, the, the Beata thing for me, um, I just think it's, a, it's just a bit depressing that we're getting we're getting guys sent off for that these days because, I mean, I know, I suppose, whatever the rule book says, I understand this idea that even if you've touched the ball, if you still going to confirm the player after that then it's still deemed a foul but I, I think it's going to it's going to discourage defenders going in and making last cast ta- tackles and I, I think that's, I think that's just to the detriment of the game I think if you're a defender if you're willing to go and lunge in then you take the risk you take the risk of saying well if I miss this ball and I catch the player I'm probably going but in that instance there he's, he's definitely connected to the ball so it's difficult at that point to then criticise him and okay you could argue that he's hit the ball and then he's fouled the player, which is perhaps a slightly different situation. But I think I think to be punished with a red card, given that you've actually played the ball first, I think it's it's it's, it's far too harsh, and I think it's it's going to lead to just you know another element no of the game being stamped out. You just yeah. don't have to tackle anymore because the chances of you, you know, especially in that area of the pitch, you could argue that okay, if he stays on his feet and shepherds are out then he probably doesn't get sent off. But, I mean, if you're going to go and watch a football, you're like seeing your centre-half going in and try to get a tackle and win the ball and the rest of it. That's what football is. But, again, it's just another one of these examples where the where the penalty against mistiming it is, is, is just far too severe. And especially in that case where he's won the ball. I mean, if that was me and I've gone and I've won the ball, my argument is I've won the ball. So yeah. it's, 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 it seems a bit harsh for me. And, I mean, anyway... Uh, I think it was Darren Jackson was in sports scene last night. He made the point that Boyata actually does three things absolutely right and gets sent off for it because he gets the offside line spot on. He's offside, yep. never gets given. So the fact it was never gets given, he's he's got his hand up, but he's still tracking back as fast as he can to cover. So he's done that right as well because a lot of players will just stop and put their hand up and go, he's offside and get caught out. So that's that's the two yeah. things. And then he gets yeah, he, ta- he gets the tackle right. 
And you're right, if you start saying, well, that's a red card, then people are going to start saying, well, maybe I should stay on my feet. And, and, and Dyer was the man that was saying that himself on Friday night, yeah. that he needs to learn to stay on his feet. It's, we don't want it to stay on his feet, we want it to put in these exactly. last-ditch challenges that get the ball and knock that's it away. It's exactly why you got a big guy like that playing at the back, and it's exactly why you pay your money, because you want to see him going in and hitting a couple of tackles in there as well. And I, all right, there is a risk you run if you mistime it, but he's not mistimed it because he's got the ball. So, I mean, you can't, you can't be sending the guy off for that. So, I'd imagine that would be... You would hope that would be one of the ones they would rescind. And I mean, even even from an attacking perspective, if you see that defender come lunging in, if your if your man gets past him and jumps over him and leaves him for dead, absolutely roasts him. It's a brilliant thing to watch. Yeah. So yep. from that perspective, you don't want to lose that either. It's just it's it's frustrating because um, it was a big decision that, that, that totally changed the, the complexion of that game and as I say I mean with Boyata and Svetchenko playing together Hamilton were actually getting decent chances they had the best chance that, uh, first in the game Yeah. Um, I, I think they were through one on one with, with Bayern I think they knocked over the bar I was at Crawford I was at Crawford right, well, you're right it was Crawford he, he put it over the bar but that was a cracking chance a chance for them and that, until Celtic got the penalty Celtic didn't have a shot on target I think the penalty was your first shot at target. So it, it, it was it was certainly a good spectacle at eleven versus eleven. When it went eleven versus ten, I mean it was almost as if Celtic were getting the better chances after that. Yeah. And never took them. Yeah. So um I thought we didn't I mean move on to the Aberdeen game there obviously the, that was the the, the onus in them was to go and take advantage of it and I mean for the longest spell they were they were running a lot thanks to the church for a bit of yard. Church. But right. um, right. what happened to Rooney? I mean, I, I've only heard bits and pieces of this. I'm not entirely yeah, up injured, in tra- injured, in, injured in training. And he's so out for weeks? Right. Six, up to six weeks. So that's Hayes and Rooney both out now. That's a, that's a massive hole in your team now. Especially, with, I mean, I've seen people but shocked that Goodwill have been cross-counted. Especially that. Yeah. Um, especially that. Aye. Um, so it leaves us very short because it wouldn't be... If, if, Still be bad even if one of them was injured, but the fact that Hayes is injured, right, only and then Rooney gets injured. Church is the only one that can play up front just now, but then McKenzie the other one that could play up front, and then that would be us without our two wingers, and we've only got much backup for him. Paul is playing there just now. The only other alternative we've got um, is Scott Wright, who came off the bench. So, aye, massive blowing. In a way, I think people are frustrated, I think, just now because, okay, we failed to capitalise a few times. There's been a few kind of draws that have been quite poor where you think, I uh, Celtic have slipped up, we should be capitalising on it. But, but fan, some fans are getting a bit, a bit too kind of hyped up about it in terms of criticising the manager, criticising the fact we didn't do more business in January. And people are frustrated, I think, a wee bit in terms of the fact we didn't do more business in January. However, I think McInnes has shown since he's been there, he doesn't just really sign players for the sake of it. There's been the odd one, there's still been great. Calvin Zola didn't work out, but he shifted out pretty quickly. Um, the signings this year kind of pretty successful, even Church. That was a, one, a couple of bits, bit of business we did do. People weren't sure of him because if you look at his goals record down south, it was pretty poor. Um, but he's come up, made a straight away, made an impact against Celtic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, scores again there at the weekend. Uh, looks pretty lively, um, but I uh, it's frustrating. But t- to be honest, to be away where we are, we're no far off Celtic. Um, but I uh, maybe the, these these draws have cost us. And to be fair to McInnes, 
he's no use the penalty as an excuse. He said the game should have been by before then. Mm-hmm. That's always the yeah. danger of having a one yeah. goal lead. So fair play to him because you'll have some managers come out and it would just be like, oh, that's close to the game, that's close to the game. He, he was honest enough to say, well, maybe our, the players could, maybe could have done a wee bit more. No, he's not quite said that, but he's suggested, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a real struggle now um, to try and compete for the title with, with Rooney and he's been out, I think. Unfortunately, I think that's it. But even before that, um, it's going to be a struggle. But aye, I, I would say... Celtic should win the title now. I think Celtic will slip up again before the end of the season, but unfortunately, I think with the fact that we're losing the guy that's scoring, it's going to be pushing probably 30 goals he could have got by the end of the season, and then we're losing Hayes, which is one of the more creative players. It doesn't leave us in that good, that good position. Thankfully, hopefully we should still get a finish second, but... I don't think it's much to reach finish second. I mean, you're still nine ahead of Hearts. Right, Hearts yeah, are starting yeah. a wee bit as well. But, They've got a game in hand, but I mean, but that would bring yeah. six points, and you're already saying you don't expect Aberdeen to catch Celtic. Neither do I expect Hearts to catch Aberdeen. Um, no. So I think I think your, your second place is probably secure. Um, I, still, I mean, there is still a chance because I, I don't I don't think Celtic are playing all that great at the moment. Um, we do have we still play, 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 do you know what would be really annoying the fact last year we never took any points off you? This year, potentially, we could nine off you and still not win the league. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think for Aberdeen, coming to the end of the season, they might look back and it might be a case of what it might have been. Do you know that? Because I don't, I don't think there will be a massive gap between the two sides coming to the end of the season. I mean, it's what, six points at the moment. I mean, it's not inconceivable it could finish at six. And I suppose if I was an Aberdeen fan, I, it would be a case of looking back saying, oh, those two points that we dropped there and, and what might have been. So I think, I think it's it's not close enough that it's, it's, it's just a real title challenge, but I think Aberdeen might look back and say that was a, that was a decent opportunity this season. I think it was, uh, definitely, especially with potentially the league getting stronger as you will see, because yeah. we need to see if, if obviously how good Rangers will be if they come up against because they've, they've had match results against uh, Premier's opposition so <laughs> see what happens I think Hearts will push on next year uh, I don't see any reason why Hearts won't push on next year but oh, we I mean, that's something people forget this was, this was Hearts consolidation season this was them coming yeah. yes. so yeah. the, yeah. they've done they've done really well they've done a lot better than most people expected apart from me because I reckon they were getting new up anyway but it's um, <laughs> just for the season on. But um I I I fully expect Rangers to do something very similar to what Hearts have done this season. I don't think they'll be challenging for the title next season. But yeah. I think that I think the fans will probably expect them to be. Um but I mean they'll, they'll certainly come up strengthen and, and be up there easily competing with the likes of the uh, where Hearts are now. So yeah. I, well, but, uh, I do agree, I think Hearts will probably kick on next season and well, I mean, who who doesn't want to see the likes of Celtic, Aberdeen, and Hearts all competing for the title next season? Yeah, the thing, the thing with Hearts as well, I think, can I make them even stronger as well? It's just the, the young players that are coming through, and they're just going to be even more experienced. Some of them have got bags of experience now, uh, maybe been there about four seasons, and they're improving all the time. Like some Walker and Nicholson. Nicholson's the one I like especially. I think he's a cracker, but I think he'll be. If they, if they keep hold of him, um, in the summer, I think they'll be doing well. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Aye, that's, that's something that's, 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 that
What's that? They don't have a penalty taker though. <laughs> oh, they, they hit, I, they don't. And that was two penalties they missed at the weekend. All right, Walker managed to fall in the first one to get the, the only goal of the game, but I just, actually, I'm going, I'm, I say that, I, I don't really want to be too critical of Hearts in that game because they were up against Jamie McDonald, who looked to be inspired yet again, yeah, not for the first yeah. time this season. I seen uh, Robbie Nielsen say that there's no penalty taker at Hearts, it's up to the players to decide. Oh, it's so, so one way to do it, I suppose. <laughs> So I think we've almost exhausted the the Premiership action at the weekend. There was the one-one draw with Dundee and Inverness, which looked to me like Inverness got a goal and then Dundee tried to battle away and eventually get the equaliser. Um, and I mean, we talked about Dundee United briefly there earlier. Uh, another win, a three-nil win at Dingwall, which was a bit of an eye-opener. I mean. Well, just as you think Dundee United are gone, they, they, they threw in a result like that. I think watching that, desire. I think watching that, watching the highlights as well, they got, the thing that struck me was I think they did finally get that sort of rub of the green that a lot of sides down there haven't been getting this season. I think there's a couple of, Ross Kennedy, a couple of chances, one came off the post there in the keeper's hands and a couple of scrambles at the other end. I think that was one of these days where, you're right, they played well, but they also got that wee, Turn yeah. of luck that you sometimes need, and if you get that at the start of the season, what a big difference that makes! It takes the pressure right off. If you leave it till now to start cashing in on that luck, it leaves you with a long way to go. Do you think they'll make it though? Um, who's their game in hand to? They've got a game in hand to Kilmarnock. Well, the next games they've Aberdeen. got. Aye, they've got Aberdeen on Wednesday at home. Uh, Follow that up with Motherwell a week and Friday. Yeah, I think uh, I think if they were to win midweek, I think their tails would be right up. I think if they lose uh, the midweek game, I think they've possibly just left themselves too much to do. I, I don't like. I don't think they have a great deal in it, but I just that might just be the enough to to see them in bottom place. But if they pick up the three points for that game in hand, phew, game on, big time. Big time. Aye, I think I think that's the key. They need to get that game in hand under yeah. the, like yeah. a, a win, and that gets a gap down to five yeah. points to come on. Look. They're suddenly right back in it, and you think maybe they've got a chance. Um, I th- they're probably unfortunate in the next game's Aberdeen. Then, well, aye, it, it depends what Aberdeen turn up now because like, a player's yeah, at the right time though. Aberdeen. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Rooney, you've no haze. Yeah. I mean, that's a good team. That's a great team to play. But um, it's still it's still a big ask, I think. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll say that as well. I mean, it's, as much as it's, it's, I was saying earlier, you know, it's kind of nervy been down the bottom of the table. At least it makes games at this edge, of this state, state of the season, really big games. Because you mentioned it there, Chris. We've got we've got Dundee United in a couple of Fridays' time up at Fir Park, and that's going to be a giant game for us. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing better than a a midweek game under the floodlights. With lots and lots of stakes. I mean, uh, again for the again for the neutral, that's that's one to watch because that could be a that could be an absolute cracker for both clubs. A win for Motherwell gets you a good jump towards safety. A win for Dundee United, oh, that makes it really tight. Really, I thought enough, that was it was exactly the same game that made me think that was up for Dundee United because they they went was it. Uh, 
it was at home, wasn't it? Aye, nothing That was just a few weeks ago, and you thought, ah, that's him, a bun, they needed to take something up, but they're still in there. Still frightened. Everybody's been saying that for months, and I think that's, I think, because saying, is this Dundee need his last chance today? And a lot of people saying, nah, they've missed their last chance. Oh, there you go. They're only potentially five points off the second bottom club, and I mean, they had nothing to lose. Everybody had written them off, and some, sometimes when you're in that situation, it's a lot easier just to get and play. And I think the way the midweek fixtures are falling might help them a wee bit as well, because when you're, we're talking about the, what, the, if they can get something against Aberdeen, they play the night after Kilmarnock. Because mm-hmm. Kilmarnock are at home to Ross County on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, if Ross County take three points for that, all of a sudden, Dundee yep. United have got a, a bit more um, enthusiasm to try and beat Aberdeen. Yep. So, they can close that gap further. Big games. Is that, is that Big games. Enthusiasm to try and beat us? Ah, well, aye. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new firm derby as it used to be. <laughs> nobody ever called it apart from <laughs> pundits when they were trying to be cool. Aye, right. They kept a clean sheet, though, at the weekend, which will be, it's giving them a boost. And even when they were 2 0 up, they were still putting uh, pushing players forward. They weren't just selling for the 2 0. They're probably not capable of it because of their defence being a bit weak. But, um, <laughs> Best form of defence is an attack. Yeah. Three, three wins out of the last five in the league, which good for Ah, yes, it's, it's, it's certainly the best form they've had this season, but uh, there, there is still that massive question mark is it too little, too late? I mean, they've 11 games left. Uh, come on, like if you 10 games left, it's. It's not insurmountable, but it's, it's it's a big ask. It's funny. I was just I was I I I heard this during the week. I was just checking there, but somebody was saying to me that Motherwell were only four points uh, off the final season tally they had last season. We got thirty-two points. We finished in thirty-six last year. There's ten games to go, so that just shows you. I mean, we're four points off our tally for last season, and we'll still get potentially. 30 points to play for so I mean it's this this season it's just so tight it's unbelievable could still potentially finish fourth yeah I mean it's, it's <laughs> the, 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 if, you, if you put that run together it's, it's doable but it's having the it's having the um, the sort of grit and determination to do it at this this, this uh, end of the season it's a it's a nervy time well, like you said there, as long as you're sitting sixth after you've played 33 oh, games, that's what you want. After that, you can go to holiday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on to the the, the Premiership predictions. There, there isn't any games, uh, well, there isn't a full card at the weekend. There, there are a couple of games on Saturday. Um, but there, there, there does appear to be pretty much a full card in midweek. Um, is it, did the Hamilton Motherwell game get moved into the Saturday? It did, aye. Uh, that's yeah. cup, cup weekend, so they get they moved that in because obviously we were at the cup. Aye, aye. So that, I mean, all that's... the good teams are out of the cup, Chris. Aye, aye. We make a habit of being at the cup early, John. Aye, distractions. <laughs> abandoned. Aye. So the Aberdeen these days, actually. That's <laughs> good. Aye, we're just giving we're just we're just giving the other clubs a chance. Right, I think we probably need to have a word with Craig, by the way, because only the only the midweek fixtures are in the, the director. He slept. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's because he was in Dublin, wasn't he? Galavan. He was, was in Dublin the weekend. Uh, and it's still, a Celtic convention. He's still trying it. <laughs> is it Cel- he said, I'm sure he said to be some old Celtic convention. I don't, I don't know, but I don't know, but he just told me he was enjoying the crack, so whatever happens. <laughs> uh, we don't condone drug use in this podcast. <laughs> Ah, that's a pretty version I was thinking Your couple of fannies. 
that was the non-polite version. Anyway, right, let's get on to these predictions. Uh, we'll start off on the Tuesday night with games. Uh, first up is Hearts versus Inverness. They glossed over Inverness, but uh, they didn't look too great against Lundy. Um, and Hearts have a really good result at, uh, this, this season at Tynecastle. I think only Celtic and Aberdeen have taken it and let any win out of there. Um, and I think even ours was in the cup because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we drew the time we were there in the week so uh, I, I don't feel I see another in the Hearts win for this one I'm going to go 2-0 Hearts Aye, I'll, I'll match you with that Christian I'll go 2-1 Hearts Are we going to do the odds? I'm not going to bother nah, you, could, you could do the odds because that's fine but my bookie is struggling <laughs> You're assuming I've even got the page up in the first place. Hearts are 10 to 11. 10 to 11 for that, so. That's not good. That's good. That's good price. Good price. Good. You're getting about 31 in Inverness. I'm very slowly getting the Wiki page up as well. Thanks for spamming that connection. Um, aye, 10 to 11 Hearts, 16 to 5 Inverness, and 13 to 5 the draw. So, the other game on Tuesday night is the game I mentioned earlier Kamarlock versus Ross County. Uh, Ross County off the back of that defeat to Dundee United, they'll be wanting to bounce back, you'd imagine. Commander will be just as desperate to get the win. Um, Lee Clark, obviously, nothing quite good for him yet, so he'll be wanting to get his first win, like Commander manager. Um, I reckon they might get it, actually. I'm going to stick my neck out and say 1 0 Commander. Big game for Kilmarnock. Big game. Mm, I'm going to go one each. I think they might take a draw. One each. I was thinking the same, Greg. One each. All right, and the odds for this are Kilmarnock 12 to 5. Don't know if I've fancied that much. Uh, Ross County 11 to 10, the draw 13 to 5. So that's the Tuesday games. On Wednesday night, uh, it's the first of two visits to Glasgow for Dundee. Uh, they play Celtic in the league before they play Rangers in the Cup on Saturday, I think, or is it Sunday? Uh, it's Saturday. Saturday. Rangers Dundee Saturday. So, one team kick off then. Yep, after uh, all. They're so, a decent bit of form, seven games unbeaten. They are, aye. aye. Um, I don't think Greg Stewart exactly was too great in the highlights. He kept my miss quite a few. Uh, but there, I mean, Hemmings has been, has been banging in the goals of late. Yeah. Um, so, I think the, the last time Dundee played Celtic was also at Celtic Park because the, the the game at Dens Park started to be rearranged. But I'm pretty sure they get thumped. I don't see that happening again because I don't think Celtic are in great shakes at the moment. I'm still going to take Celtic to win, but I might just go with 2 1. Aye, uh, 3 1 Celtic for me. Um, I'll go for 1 0. And the odds, 2-11 to 11 Celtic, 7-1 the draw, 14-1 to 1 if you fancy a Dundee win. That's where the value is, isn't it? The value is in Dundee there. No. Aye. Do you know what? The better the, week, the better the weekend could be Hemmings to score against Rangers, his old club. Oh, that's a thought. Mm. Uh, you know how these things always come back to you, haven't you? That's maybe, that's maybe a wee shout, that. Uh, but so sticking with the midweek league games at the moment, next up, Dundee United versus Aberdeen. And I think even missing it on Rene and Hayes, Aberdeen will. Uh, I reckon they'll edge this. I reckon they're going to win. 1 0. 
Uh, big test for United. That's been a couple of good results on the bounce there, but um, coming up against Aberdeen might be a different kettle of fish. Again, one each. I think it'll be a draw, which I don't think will really be enough for United one each. I'll go for two on Aberdeen. Well, the odds in this, 27-10. If you fancy Dundee United, 5-2 to two to draw and 21-20 to 20 Aberdeen. Mm. That's a nice little odds for that one. Um, final game of midweek is St. Johnson versus Partick Thistle. And this is an anything could happen game, really, isn't it? I will go... I mean, we, didn't, we never mentioned that Partick Thistle did win midweek there. Um, that was Aidan Nesbitt's debut for Thistle, and apparently I played really well. So. Uh, another midweek for Thistle, trying to catch up with their games, obviously. Aye, that was the reverse of that fixture, wasn't it? Um, aye, I think it was. Aye. St Johnson debut, wasn't it? Aye. Aye. Uh, and, aye, it was 2-0. Aye. So this is the return leg. Um, I well, St Johnston have been very hit and miss. They've been quite. They've been reasonable against Aberdeen recently. <laughs> Obviously, they had the five-one-one. They, they they had the four-three classic, uh, and then they've, they've got that draw at the weekend there. But I read a, against I read a, teams have not been great. I read a stat that St Johnston scored something like uh, uh, nine or twelve shots against Aberdeen last season. Really? That's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> but, but then I think was it something like sits, sits out the goals worse from set pieces so mm-hmm. aye it was like corners and stuff like that they're not, I mean they're now unbeaten at Padre this season and there's not many teams about to claim that no but uh, we're talking about Ice and Johnson Tussle so I will I'll go one each because I don't know that's my guess yeah I'm Paul, for Paul Band for me no, oh that's a good Paul Band <laughs> 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 well, we're all going to toys. That's twenty-three to ten to get the draw. Uh, Seventy-five to win and twenty-one to ten. Thistle one. Ah, uh, you just can't trust either St. Johnson or Partick Thistle just yeah. now. Both Partick Thistle are the notorious. Never to trust them because they're so inconsistent. But uh, yeah, there's a fair few teams. Fair, fair few teams that have joined them in that this year. Right. So that's the midweek fixtures. Um, I'm going to do the predictions, even though I can't put them into the. The predictor, one great. Oh, are you? Oh, so I'm going to start off with the Lanarkshire Derby, Hamilton versus Motherwell. I'm going to say nil nil. <laughs> I would probably take a nil nil right now. Um, our record over there is awful. Uh, two nothing, Hamilton. I think Hamilton are capable of scoring two goals. Yep. Aye. Against us. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go for I'll go for one all. Right, and the odds in us are if you fancy the Hamilton win, it's thirty-one to twenty. Can you bet against your own team, Greg? Uh, I I don't, but that's why I'm penniless. <laughs> uh, you're five to two to draw, and if you fancy a multiple win, it's seven to four. And the other game on Saturday is Hearts versus Partick Thistle, and again I'm going to tip a Hearts win because they're at home, uh, and I'll go. Yeah, oh, I'm going to go two 0 again. Actually, yep, two 0 Could do with Partick Thistle getting their goal difference hammered here, so I'm going to go four nothing Hearts. Oh, Hearts are capable of handing it spankings. Four nothing. I've seen, but you know, uh, yeah, four to six Hearts to win this game. Fourteen to five a draw, and if you fancy Thistle, it's nine to two. 
Right, I think we're struggling for a charity about this week. <laughs> Aye, we need to look. We need to look down the leagues. We need to look down the leagues. Um, obviously, we need to look down the leagues for a, a, a goal scorer as well. Um, You're not allowed to touch your cup games. Generally, avoid them. To be honest, because they're cup games. <laughs> it's it's not my not my favourite thing to pick. Um, we should probably mention the cup actually because. Well, we, we mentioned the, the Dundee visiting Rangers. Um, we've also got the other three games because that's going to start off the, the the Scottish Cup weekend on the, the Saturday lunchtime kickoff. The other game on Saturday is Ross County and Dundee United, which is a repeat of what we've just seen this weekend. Um, and on Sunday it starts off Celtic at home and Morton at twelve o'clock, and the two o'clock kickoff is Aberdeen versus Inverness. Do you see any shocks in this? Dundee's Dundee's a shock. Aye, Dundee's the one that jumps out of me. Dundee double for me on the Saturday, Dundee and United. Well, I'd be right. That'd be nice. Nineteen to four and ninety five. So I mean that's you're getting ah, you're getting almost five to one in, in Dundee away at Rangers, which you know I don't I can't see where those those odds are being conjured up from to be honest. Rangers wanted to win that game. Again, I can't see where that's must just be purely money on the market at that point. So the values, the values done. D and then United have already gave Ross County a bit of tanking, ninety five in them. Well, but Bookie tweeted earlier on that Hibs and Rangers are both favourites to beat Premiership opposition. If you went for the Premiership teams as a double, Dundee and Inverness, you get seventeen to one. It's pretty yeah. good, isn't it? No yeah, bad. I mean, that's massive, like massive. I mean, Inverness as cup holders aren't favourite. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry. I would think Inverness will be backed in a wee bit based on Hibs' last two results. Yeah, confidence. They're 5 now, Inverness. So, I mean, there's still certainly value for money there. Um, you're 20-1 for Morton to get the win against Celtic. Now, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but then you remember it was only a couple of seasons ago and Morton beat Celtic. The problem there is Morton did it in extra time mm. and it was a penalty, so... 9-1 to the draw then. Like the one that draws me with your better value. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I mean, Dundee United are 95 to beat Ross County, having just beat them. Yep. So there's value there as well. I mean, so if you pick the right guilt games, then... Four, four aways. Right. You could. <laughs> 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 you go for four aways and see them up and aft. You'd be brave to take Morton, but I mean, if you took Dundee to beat Rangers, it's feasible. You take Dundee United to repeat a result about just beat Ross County... So it's obviously feasible. Inverness to win at Hibs, the way Hibs are playing recently. There's nothing on, there's nothing dafter. We'll all put in a score. We'll all put in a I'll score. Tell you what, what Vegas. A tenner in that, £11,495. Really? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> See if I comes in and we haven't put a charity belt on that. You're going to have to put a pound in that at the weekend, oh, aren't you? Aye. aye. Got to put a pound in that, man. No, it's not bad at all. Um. Full, you see the full card on Tuesday night for the championships messing us up with the charity bet and all. Slim pickings. Uh, how many games? There's two, five. What jumps out where the weekend? Race Rovers at home at St Martin, 11 8. I tell, I tell you what's a massive game in League 2 is Elgin versus East Fife. If Elgin can continue their home form and win that one, then they'll be clear at the top. Well clear. Um. East Stirling are hoping to win throws, so they'll, if they don't win that, I think they could be the team that plays the playoff. Uh, 
Would we fancy four for it breaking eight to five, based on four for being in a good bit of form last couple of games? If they were at home, maybe. But uh, no, that's just anyway. some mid, that's some midweek. Oh, I saw it's Bicky don't seem to have all the. Sure, Eric Breakin's got to be rubbish odds. Yeah, no, I, 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 can't see, no, I can't see those odds yet. Struggling a night here. <laughs> we might need to decide off air. Or I, think, just... I think we might, aye, because we're not getting much, much healthier. <laughs> this is going well. I could probably like guesstimate what the odds would be for some games. Well, I mean, there's ahead of Albion Rovers will be good odds, I'd imagine, because oh, that... in good form. But Albion Rovers are hitting fourth. I think. Did, did, aye, did, ahead, we not, aye. did we not all take Hearts? Hearts are forty-six at home to Partick Thistle. Aye, it's just not bad odds. And if you get something else in and about that, aye, I think it Peter Head bugs away, doesn't it? Aye, oh, Peter, Peter Head. Aye. aye, could be a plan. We'll take Hearts and Peter Head then. Yeah, right, I've no idea what it'll be because we need to wait up and book at some point later on in the week. It's all there. Um, I was expecting a six fold, uh, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> well, I've already given you that uh, 11,000. Aye. Aye, that's, 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 Although, that's I, did, one, I did call the Dundee double, which I think uh, I think there's value in that. And then Dundee definitely. double. Not, not that I would risk a charity money on of course, just my own money. Aye, I, I, might, I might have a wee flutter myself this weekend, despite having said I would bet the charity money on it. <laughs> um, right, we need a first goal scorer, and then we can wrap this up. El uh, Bakhtiri. Don't film on home, it's Dan Hishmir. Has he been getting on the score sheet recently? He has been, I, I think Cardo he did it at the weekend. Aye, he did it at the weekend. He's been, he's been picking up again a wee bit recently. Mm. Aye, did, did he not scud Sunday at the weekend? Oh, aye, 6-1. Aye, I'm, sure I'm sure he was on the score sheet. Uh, he got a double Joe Cardo got a hat-trick oh, right, Cardo getting a hat-trick I heard and actually he'll back to get the first goal so and remember at the start of the season they went on a wee runner scoring first they did aye aye in fact that's a good theory let's go with that that sounds good that sounds good he'll back to as our first goal scorer they are playing Stenhusmuir on Saturday so in their home so fingers crossed and, and if, I, if I know one that's week we've retired <laughs> that 11,000 11, bets come we've, in we've lumped on oh, it would be nice wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't say no to that right I've run out of things to talk about so I don't know about you guys yeah I'm done done <laughs> put a fork in me <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be back on for the playoff special again you think you'll be in it aye probably bask in the glory of not winning it next year. probably but I'll be back in it again <laughs> Well, it's been great to have you on again, Greg. Yeah, boy, I enjoyed it. And uh, John, great as always. Aye, good to be, good night. It's always good to have you on, Greg. Yep, I'll be back Banner. again. Banner's always fun. Definitely. And uh, as always, thanks everybody for listening. If you made it this far, it means I managed to edit this podcast together properly. Uh, apologies for any sound quality issues or uh, otherwise missing uh, big segments of, of chat. But uh, it's not been the greatest of ten. Uh, Technical nights tonight, unfortunately. So I can only apologise. It's not for the first time this season either. <laughs> so uh, I'll say good night to you all. Thank you very much. All right, cheers. Cheers, guys. Right. Bye. <laughs>